And the Lord spoke to me through a question. Are you going after the kingdom dream or the American dream? And of course, we all know that when the Lord asks a question, he's not going for the information. He's trying to get us to position our hearts right. I've lost 12 pants, 12 to 14 pant sizes. Hey, welcome back to uh, Iris Global Green Room. I'm here with my buddy Teofilo Hayashi or T. I'm going to call you T. T is totally tea. good. Yeah, um, yeah, totally good. And T is the leader of Dunamis Movement as yes. well as many other things. Dunamis Greenhouse, you're one of the leaders of the Send. I could go on and on and on. I really could. I mean, you want me to? No, no, no. Father? No. no. Yeah, father's good. Yeah. And, and husband. Husband? Yeah. Those two go together, hopefully. <laughs> they, they do. <laughs> I've never seen it not go together. No, I, I have. You oh, have, yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's really good to have you, T. Uh, we go way back. We and do. uh And knowing, knowing you has been a highlight. We go back like almost 15 years. Yeah. Well, I think a little bit more than that. No, no, no. 15, 16, 17? 15 years. Uh, 2008. Okay. So it's 15 years. Tell me, I want you to tell me what I was like 15 years ago. 15 years ago. You yeah. weren't, you were younger. <laughs> a little bit bigger. Just a little. Oh, just a little bit bigger. Yeah. Uh, as energetic. Um, and I'll tell you, the first time I met Will, I was in a church in Rio. And Will was uh, preaching with, uh, I think it was a Global Awakening event. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was just a lot of supernatural things happening at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck? And uh, I was immediately attracted to the anointing on your life. Come on. So at the end, I come up to you. And I'm like, hey, man, can you pray over me? Remember that? You don't remember I that, wish huh? I, I wish I could say that. I, I have, I, I recorded... Actually, you know what? I did not have a cell phone that would be able to record because okay. that's a while ago. Yeah. But as soon as you pray, I had a two of my other Dunamis guys with me. Dude, I met you before Dunamis. Way before Dunamis. Dunamis. No. A hundred percent, T. Look, hold on. I'll show you. You you started Dunamis after we met. I think. No, no, no. It was right about the oh, right. Okay, right around the same time. Yeah, but then you got, you got, uh, you prayed for me and then I went, uh, sat down and you were praying for these other two guys and I wrote down in my notebook the word and I still have it today. Really? Yep. I have it because I just moved. We just moved. Yeah. And I was, you know, just getting all my stuff and I ran into these notebooks and then I was looking and some of them have like the prophetic words. No uh, and so I was like looking, I'm like, yep. You say July, July 2008. Yeah, I save it. The ones that are actually real prophecies. Wow. Dude, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I remember rolling around with Randy, like yep. different churches. I can't remember which cities it was in. This was, if I'm not mistaken, this must have been Youth Power Invasion, mm -hmm. Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. So I met you and I met Guga. Yes. Uh, from Same trip. Home. Yeah. Same trip. There was, uh, my connect to you was, actually it wasn't, but uh, she played a role, Chiemi. Ch oh my gosh. You remember her? that name in forever. Yeah, I know. She, I think she's in Norway now. But anyways, so she knew me from back in the day. So mm -hmm. I'm sitting in the crowd, attending the conference, and somebody says they need another translator. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm actually good. I just, they need you to translate. 
Okay. That's kind of how I'm gonna pull up a photo and listen. That, and that's kind of how I I uh, got connected to Randy because then I was up there translating for Randy, and then we got talking and everything, and then, you know the okay. rest is history. But okay, so you translated for Randy first for Randy on that trip, and so um, because there was something something happened to the translator that they had come in that apparently wasn't there. Have you seen this? No. Wow. We'll throw it up on the, on the oh screen my so you gosh. guys can see it. We look young. I know. I think there's another one there. <laughs> right? So was that the, this was that when we met? This was after we met. We okay. met before this. Okay. Long story short, this we go way back. crazy. We go way back. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. And so I am, I'm constantly amazed at what God has done through you, through Dunamis, through your family. I, I say this. Everywhere I go, when I talk about you, I say you're the greatest builder of our generation. Don't know, bro. <laughs> okay, T, T, like, like, come on, just don't be modest. Like, stop. Don't make it weird. Okay. Like, I get don't it. make it weird. I okay. It. Like, I get it. You're humble. Okay. We all get that. But like, the reality is, the way that the Lord's used you, not just God you, is your mother, God is your gracious. family, for sure, for sure. God like, is gracious. Yes. There, there aren't that many leaders that are our age. Mm-hmm. That are that are doing what what you've done. Not mm-hmm. only that, like in the nation of Brazil, and you're not just in Brazil. You're you've taken Dunamis globally, mm-hmm. and the favor that that's on it. And I always, I never understood it when we first met because uh, you were you were so driven, and I was like miracles, signs, and wonders. Like that's what that's what we got to do. And you're like the word and theology and prayer <laughs> movements and government. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. like from day one, you were all, you've always it, been it, a builder. It's, it's been like, I tell people I'm kind of like a mix of, uh, different streams. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the best way somebody once said, you know, you, you, the Lord just took you on a cross training journey. And so I, it, that's why I say it, it's by the grace of God, because all of these, uh, people that the Lord allowed me to graciously, be connected to and they they were so you know generous to to pour into me you know yeah. I, I become a product of that mix right and so there's a, a piece of me which is um you know you know my mother yeah and so she is you know that old school you know charismatic but on the word yeah pentecostal right? yeah. pentecostal but on the word and so um discipleship you know, she, she, she survived the shepherding movement and yeah. kept, you know, yeah. and so, 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 and still believes in discipleship mm-hmm. and, and order and authority. And so I was, I grew up in that kind of church with the gifts, you know, and the fivefold ministry. And then later on in life, you know, I went to college and whatever, uh, and then kind of had my, my, unfortunately my time away from this devoted lifestyle yeah. to the faith, yeah. but the Lord rescued me. And, and the way that he rescued me was actually sending me to YWAM. Okay. Right. And so at YWAM, and, and I didn't realize this, uh, coming in, but, uh, later on, be, as I began to understand the mission, I was like, wow, what happened to me was very special, but I got connected to Lauren. Yeah. And so Lauren, even during my DTS, uh, you know, poured into me, and immediately I started thinking uh, outside of what I didn't know was a box. Right. So for me, it was like, oh, this is it. Right. I didn't realize not many people think like Lauren, like spheres, right. nations, yeah. uh, this and that, not just this either, 
or this or that, you know? And, and so Lauren is one of those guys is like so macro. Like yep. you talk to him, he's, you talk to him for like an hour. He's jumping into seven, eight macro trends in such a deep way. Like boom, 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 boom. If you don't know your politics, if you don't know right. your history, if you don't know uh, your theology, if you don't know, um, you, you know, just basic things that they will teach you in school, but in a deep way, you will not keep up. Yeah. You know, and so that was kind of like what I received. And so um, after that, I get connected to my spiritual dad, yeah, Dr. Kingsley Fletcher, who's a prophet out of Ghana, but with three PhDs. So it's it's kind of like academic world yeah but the prophetic i'm talking you would know this and people from ours would know this i'm talking prophetic and supernatural like you see it in africa oh yeah oh yeah you know it's like he he wouldn't he would refuse to have a, a counseling session with me if i wasn't fasting seriously oh yeah it's like no no no. you go you go to the book he's like in africa we go to the bush right, right, bush right take a jig of water <laughs> only come back with the word of the lord yeah yeah it's like, that's how they think. Yeah. And he brought that and actually preserved it in America, in North Carolina. Right. And he says, discipleship, you wake up in fasting, you pray in tongues for two, three hours, yep. and then you begin your day. And so as a 23-year-old radical, intense, I'm like, all right, this is what you do, right. right? And then later on in life, too, I had, you know, I mean, I had other people, but I'm just going to highlight a few of them. And another one that I would highlight would be Randy. Yeah. Randy Clark in the way that he was so didactic with the supernatural. And I'm sure that was also influenced by Wimber and everything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for, for me, it was just like, you know, like do-it-yourself kind of, you, you yep. know, like healing for dummies, yep. supernatural yep. for dummies, prophecy for dummies. Everybody prays, everybody plays. It, it, was, it was the way that, you know, just by translating him. Yeah. I'm like, I'm picking it up. Yeah. Of course, I'm looking at his notes and stuff, you know, right. as I'm translating, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, okay. And so it, it becomes this thing that, like it helps me even as I teach the supernatural to people in Dunamis. Yeah. I'm going back to those paradigms. Yeah. And the way that Randy would be so boom, 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 line upon line, you know, yeah. step one, step two, step three and uh, biblical basis. Doo, 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 doo. And so, you know, once you get that kind of mix, you know. And of course, the call of God for each of us as individuals, yeah. not that we're uh, just uh, directly byproducts of our spiritual fathers and mothers, but you, that adds layers, Yeah, you know? And yeah. so I would say, you know, I'm, I'm very privileged and graced by the Lord to, to be connected to these amazing men and women of God. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, um, sometimes I kind of catch myself thinking, I don't, I don't think this generation really knows who they're dealing with when they're listening to these kind of people. Yeah. You know? And I think we didn't. No, we, we didn't. When we first started hearing the people that... Because it, it's easy for with. you to get casual about it. Easy, easy what? To get casual about yeah, it. Yeah, totally. And you don't know the price that they, pray, that they paid. Mm -mm. And I think that's, that's a big thing. Like, uh, my buddy Dylan, who's off camera, we, we were just at Randy's house. Okay. And I remember <coughs> walking into that same house when I was 21 years old. So 20 years ago, walking into that same house, walking into his same office, it looks yeah. a little different. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, you know, sitting on the carpet on the floor as he took took me into to be an intern. And, you know, that's 20 years that I have with Randy. Wow. And that was halfway through his 
you know, his, I think he was in his late forties. So he had wow. already done so much. And uh-huh. I, and I know what he's been through, at least in the last 20 years, seeing that history, just knowing the last 20 years of history and only hearing about what he had done previously since mm-hmm. from Toronto and on the price that those guys pay. Nobody yeah. really knows. I love hearing the stories about Lauren, mm-hmm. Lauren Cunningham and yeah, what he went through to be where he's at Heidi. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stories, everybody loves the revival, but they don't know about her time in China. They don't know about her time mm-hmm. in London. They don't know about yep. her time uh, in Alaska. They don't know about their time in Hawaii. Like, yep. And the, and the price that they had to pay. Okay. So if you had to do it all over again, would you pay the same price? What would you change? What would you, what would you oh, want to make yeah. different? I would pay the same price, if not more. And I would do a, lo- a few things different. Okay, tell me, what, what would you do different? Um, <clears throat> so, we're uh, recording this, and yesterday was our 15-year anniversary yeah. for Congra- Dunamis Movement, right? Congratulations. Thanks, thanks. So, 15 years, when you're when I began Dunamis, I was 27. Yeah. It, it seemed like, it. I mean, that's old. That's mm-hmm. a long time. At the same time, though, we did have a vision yeah. for decades. So there's that dynamic. Now, that's that's something that I'll say that I did not. I, I would say things like, oh, let's think long term. Let's think play the decades game. Let's think um, um, our lifetime will be devoted to this. But you can't deny the fact that you're 27. Right. <laughs> And that you have these emotions thinking it's got to happen right now. Yeah. Right. And so I remember this is crazy because I was uh, last week with Banny yeah. Liebscher in Boston and I'm talking to him. Right. And we're like bouncing things off back and forth. And then my mind goes to when I began Dunamis and when I began Dunamis, Jesus culture was, you know, it was in their pinnacle. Right. right. 2007, yeah. 2008. And I'm thinking I remember beginning Dunamis thinking one day, if the Lord allows us, yeah. we will do something similar to Jesus culture, mm-hmm. right? Because for me, it was like they made it. That's the big leagues right oh, yeah. there, right? We're we're small leagues. We're beginning. And so what am I saying is we underestimate what you can actually do in the long right. term. Right. And I heard somebody in the business world say it the best way. He said, when it comes to um, long-term vision, you only fulfill it successfully if you discern the micro and the macro and how to deal with that. So with the micro, you're urgent. With the macro, you're patient. Okay. Right? So macro was we need to see revival sweep nations. Yeah. Macro would be we need to raise up revivalists for all the spheres of society. Macro would be we need to see in our generation the fivefold happen and, and be gifts to the church, mm-hmm. right? Macro would be will we ever in our lifetime see a revival that culminates into reformation? That's macro, yeah. right? Yeah. And that doesn't happen in a summer right it doesn't happen in a year right and so uh but there's the micro and micro would be uh we need to write curriculum we need to um do discipleship meetings every week we need to get everybody on a bible reading plan we need to uh, take everybody through deliverance and inner healing yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you know that kind of stuff yeah and so um and we would maybe uh be very we would procrastinate the micro, 
and get anxious anxious over the macro. I never saw you procrastinate anything. No, bro. Okay. (laughs) I mean, like, let's let's just be really honest. No, no, seriously. Like, I would, I would, you know, you're the most tenacious guy I know. Will seriously, bro. Name one thing you've ever procrastinated besides getting married. (laughs) <laughs> i always want to yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. it was it was yeah. late it yeah. was, I, was, I was late to the game man i was i was but i mean i would say no 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 I, i've procrastinated stuff but i in my mind i'm thinking if i could go back i would not compare myself right and i'm not saying that because of banny but i mean banny for me was one of the one of a few other guys that i was like he made it yeah right and, and i'm looking i'm like Man, they they made it, and then uh, uh, there's others. Uh, but I mean, I'm saying like there's this, and, and there could be that orphan spirit too that the Lord is, you know, dealt with and is still dealing with. But that thing of like, am I good enough? Am I? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Totally. Because competitive people have that, right? Yeah. And so I am like, I got anxious over some stupid stuff. Right. Today, when I look don't back, you think that that drove, the only thing that gave you a little bit of like drive though. Yeah, it gave me drive. Yeah. Um, I think that um, what drove me the most was fear. Yeah. That's crazy to think about it. Fear of? Fear of becoming a failure. Like insignificance? And- yes, yeah, like well, fear of, all right, so let me put things in perspective. Because okay. you know my story. People here may not know yeah, the yeah. story. One of the biggest fears was um, at 27, I made a decision to really put some, what I call some Isaacs on the altar, Okay. right? Yeah. And uh, I begin the year um, as an MDiv student um, at a university here um, in Virginia. Um, on my way to becoming a U.S. citizen, uh, dating a girl that I thought maybe something could come out of that, right. uh, and with an offer to, pretty much hang around here and eventually you'll take over this church. And the Lord said, uh, he asked me for those four. And the Lord spoke to me through a question. Are you going after the kingdom dream or the American dream? And of course, we all know that when the Lord asks a question, he's not going for the information. He's trying to get us to position our hearts right. And so I knew immediately, I'm like, like, Lord, what do I need to do? And so immediately it was like, this girl you're with, she's my daughter. Uh, she's a God-fearing woman, but it's not for you. And thank God. And she'll be, she's happy wherever she's at. I don't know where she's at, but I'm super happy with my wife. Uh, so that's one. Thank God for that. She's number, amazing. She num- is incredible. Yeah. Number two was uh, stop your MDiv right now. Because uh, I was getting like very, how would I say? I was just, not that being intellectual is wrong. But it became my my first resort, right. you know. You know when you're like trying to resolve things intellectually. Yep. Before I used to resolve things fasting, right? Right. And, and it was like stepping out in faith. Yep. And uh, maybe I wasn't just I wasn't mature enough to be where I was at. So that's one. And so the Lord says, stop that, and uh, you'll go back to this later. Number number two number three was. Tell the immigration lawyers to stop the process. You're not to become a U.S. citizen now. Um, and I've never gone back to, to picking up the process. Uh, number four was you're not to take over this church. And I said, Lord, so what do I do? And the Lord says, go to Brazil 
And in my mind, Brazil had been already, I'm talking 2007. Yeah. So in my mind, Brazil has, uh, you know, is evangelized. Brazil has right. few churches. I mean, uh, you, don't, you don't need missionaries to Brazil or, you know, ministry in Brazil. And I thought I'd be more useful, you know, 1040 window, Muslim world, yep. Hindu world, Buddhist world. I thought maybe, Lord, if I'm putting these, these Isaacs on the altar, maybe I should be headed that way. And the Lord says, go to Brazil, reach university students. And the Lord spoke to me about, a revival that would culminate into reformation, but I would have to reach the leaders of the future of yep. Brazil. Yep. And they were in the university campuses. And so, so I take a, a big step of faith, or at least for me it was, and a lot of people that were spirit-filled Christians that understood the prophetic, understood the call of God in my life, many of them discouraged me because they loved me, and they said, maybe you got this wrong, maybe you didn't hear the word of the Lord, right. and, and don't you realize that all these things are lining up to become the fulfillment of the prophecies that you've received since your mother's womb, and all these words and the promises, and yeah, 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 and so I'm like, actually, I, I get what you're doing because you love me and you're concerned for my right. well-being, but... I have this conviction. I have to step out there in faith. So it's not like my worldly friends are trying to discourage me. Right. These are people inside church. Right. These are people that are kingdom family to me. And so when I get to Brazil, right, and I'm having to move back to my mom's place, and she says, like a good Asian lady, you, you pay up, <laughs> you know? It's like you're, you're, you're not, you're not going to just sit around here. Right. You either pay rent or get your own place, right? And I'm thinking, all right, I got to pay bills, right? And so now I'm like teaching English, right? So now I'm like taking the public bus back and forth to law offices, teaching young interns that coming up from privilege in Brazil and treating me like I'm like their, you know, employee or what right. employer, what employee. And I'm like having to suck my pride. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you English lessons because I need money to pay some bills. And so in my spare time, I would walk these campuses, prayer walking, Praying in tongues, trying to figure out, Lord, did I hear you right? Right. Right? So you took the word and started to implement it. I right. started to implement okay. that. And, and now it's like, what drove me? Mm -hmm. Fear. Fear that I made the wrong decision. Right. So I was like, I got to hustle. Bro, I got to make this thing happen. I mean, not that it was me, but I'm saying whatever is in my corner to make it happen, I got to make sure I make it happen. Yeah. Right? And so, so for me, it's like, you know, I'm not... I'm not going to take it easy. It's like, it's, it's game time. Right. So that's something that you have that a lot of people don't. And, and listen, I know a lot of leaders have met a lot. Mm -hmm. You have that in, in a measure that, that I, that I rarely see, or I see people like start out with that intensity and then they get really comfortable. You, one of the things that I admire about you is you, you never seem comfortable. You're satisfied. You're happy. You have joy. Mm -hmm. There isn't a, you're not upset. Right. But mm -hmm. you, you constantly, go after new vision uh, and you don't, you don't let go. And urgency, urgency. Yeah. Doesn't that get tiring? It does. But after a while, you just don't understand yourself without that. Right. It sounds kind of little psycho, but it's true. Like I would not recognize myself if I'm not going after another W. Right. You know, it's like, so like, that's why when I look at certain uh, athletes yeah. or certain CEOs, yeah. Or certain leaders, I'm like, I like that. I want to be that. Yep. You know, it's kind of like the the David Goggins without the f bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a machine. It's like that's how I, I I like when I see David Goggins. Yep. And I'm thinking 
That's how ministry people should be. And I understand not everybody should be like that. Right. Right. But for me, it just makes me feel like, all right, I'm not a mean guy. So I asked you, what would you change? But now I want to switch it because with the generation that's coming up, do you see that same drive in them? And you are like raising up a younger generation predominantly. I mean, you, you actually minister to every demographic in Brazil and it's, it's, it's fascinating. But when you started, you were yeah, definitely college kids. Focused no, on yeah, college it was, you, it was millennials. Okay. So, I mean, mind you, it's been 15 years. So beginning it was millennials. Then, I mean, I don't know when, uh, the Gen Z years yeah. kind of stepped into college. I would figure maybe what, six, seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so that they kind of came in and, and they're definitely different. Um, they, it, it, it bugs me a little bit that they don't carry the same edge as the past generation. Yeah. Um, but they, they carry uh, curiosity mm-hmm. and openness. Yeah. They're very open. Uh, and so it's not like you're having to, to, you know, beat them in an argument till they open up to receiving prayer. Like you used right. to have to do that with the millennials. Yeah. Right. They're very open. They're like open to whatever is the unknown. Uh, but yeah, the resolve to, to keep at it, to, to, um, to maintain, I think that, uh, is something that, uh, bothers me, but I've also noticed that a lot of them, uh, they never were taught that in home, in their own homes. Yeah. And, and driven. Yeah. And just like a lack of, of good fathering. Right. You know, I've seen like a lot of them is, and, and, uh, and this is also what I thought. I've noticed in this new generation when I would say I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'm, I'm being a little bit too direct here. Maybe I'm being a little bit too confrontational. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I should tone down. Um, and they're taking it right. And they might even be feeling it, but give it two days. Many times they come back and they're weeping saying, thank you. Yeah. And I said, thank you for what? I just called you out and they're like, you love me. Yeah. And that for me is like, bro, they never had a dad to actually put them in their place. So there's like this deep thing inside of them. is like, I wish I had a dad that would actually discipline me to tell me, get up, go to yeah. school, practice time. Yeah. You know, you got to do your drills before you go. Or did you memorize your Bible verse or, or you know, I don't know, you know, it's dinner time. Oh, do the dishes, take the trash out. Some of them come from like such broken homes with no structure yeah. that even a little bit of discipline, it just like hits them in a deeper level of like, I feel safe. Right. It doesn't feel good to be disciplined, but it it makes me feel safe. Yeah. Right. And so I had this, I have this group that uh i do discipleship with is maybe it it it's between always it's it 15 to 21 22 guys yeah right at a time how old are they they're um youngest 20 okay oldest 33 34 okay so right there right and um they meet with me uh every friday morning and we just go at it, right? It's my discipleship group. Okay. And people know that if you're in my discipleship group, like, I mean, we got small groups all over church. Yeah. You know, this is like 
our church setting, Zion Church, right? Mm -hmm. We got we got discipleship group. We got small groups, whatever. You can serve as a volunteer, as a small group leader. You can serve in a ministry team, whatever. But if you're part of uh, Pastor T's discipleship group, which right. we call them the Goonies, right? Just because it was my favorite movie growing up. <laughs> For no other reason. You okay? So it's like, if you're part of the Goonies. Okay. It's like, he's going to require some stupid stuff. Like what? Like one time I would just have a mat out and be like, let's see who taps out today. <laughs> okay. Like, what does this have to do with spiritual formation? Uh, to a certain degree, nothing. But on the other hand, a lot. Yeah. Has to do with a, a mentality. Yeah. Right? And so, like, there's one of the leaders that's he's so right. I and mean, he's, he's just so, like, formal, uptight, yeah. Asian dude, yeah. of course. Yeah. And so, sorry for the stereotypes. I'm Asian. You're but, you know. You, you're, it's free. So, I said, I told him, you know what you got to do? You got to go out there in the street and pick a fight. He looked at me. It's like, not really, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And he's like, because he, I know this proper thing you got there is not real right because in church you you grow up and you start picking up mannerisms it's like who are you and actually it's like i'm tired of seeing people that know how to do the whole school of ministry route right they say what they need to say they give the testimonies like they needed to give the testimonies i mean they do the whole thing and then as soon as they're out in the spheres to do something they just become a byproduct of that. And I'm like, were you a byproduct of the ecosystem that we made? It was like this revival Disneyland. Yep. Or was it, or you were actually living revival inside of right. you. And then you would go out in the world and make that place become a revival land. Yeah. Right. And so um, this non-orthodox way, yep. I picked it up from my spiritual dad. Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, he would just, he would tell me every day. He's like, I'm trying to get you to quit. Bob, Bob, my spiritual father, same way. The fir my first. It's one. that old school thing, yeah. bro. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. But for somebody who never had a dad like me, my dad walked out when I was eight. It was like having somebody stronger. Yeah. It was the only way that I would respect male authority. Yeah. And so it was like okay, and even though you, it, it would hurt your ego. Mm -hmm. I felt safe. Oh yeah. I felt like if something happens to me out there, I know who I can run to. When Bob died. I cried for days, not because, I mean, I was sad, of course, but I felt like I, I didn't have anybody that had my back. Exactly. It you felt, you felt vulnerable. Thing. You feel vulnerable. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I feel like with some of these guys, that's how they, Yeah. I hadn't, I, I would say like more than half of those guys, they say, you're a father uh, to me. And, and, and I'm not doing the whole weird spiritual dad, spiritual mom right. kind of deal, but I'm like, if you're saying I'm a father, why am I your father? And I said, because, well, one, I never had a father. And uh, two, nobody ever told me who I was in Christ. Yeah. Uh, nobody ever told me what I'm supposed to be doing here on earth besides, you know, the generic serve the Lord. Yeah. Well, or, what does that mean? Uh, now you're teaching me what I need to be as a husband. You know, and so it's not like I'm going to teach you how to the five-step healing model, which I do teach them. Right. Or how to prophesy or how to prepare a sermon, those things are going to be byproducts of this inner core that is being built as we do like real life, mm -hmm. right? Real life. Yeah. And so as we're doing like real life with, with, you know, no, no, uh, uh facades, this yeah. is, this is me, you know? And, and so that 
is not very is not the edited version. It's kind of the ugly version sometimes. Right. It's the uh, dirty version sometimes. I have to sometimes come back and say, "Hey guys, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I said something I yeah. shouldn't, or hey, I was a little too harsh, or I was negligent, or I should have gotten back to you, and I was mm-hmm. just overwhelmed with stuff." And that process right there. I feel builds trust, builds trust, builds trust right. to the point where I find myself a lot of times just telling them, just, you guys got to calm down. Do you, have you ever brought anybody in close and they've turned around and stabbed you in the back? Yes. What's that like? Horrible. And I'll tell you what's more, um, you have, you have grace for that, but your wife doesn't. Oh yeah. Right. Cause you, you, you love the kid you love mm-hmm. from, from in my situation. Yeah. It was uh, people, you know, males that maybe during college I started discipling. Yeah. Right. Some of them, or I'm thinking about two situations. Uh, I led them to the Lord. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I, I led you to the Lord. We did inner healing together, mm-hmm. deliverance. I baptized you. Yeah. You know, and and so so it's like. I took you on the road with me. We shared hotel rooms together. Right. I taught you how to pray for the sick. I taught you how to prophesy. I taught you how to share your testimony. I've seen fruit out of you. Right. Right. And uh, when that happens, uh, you have grace because it's your spiritual son. And you're like, I'll take it. You want to punch me again? Punch me again. I won't do anything. And I'll keep praying that one day the Lord will touch you. And, and whenever you come back, you will always have a place here. But my wife doesn't think that way. Really? Because she doesn't have history. Right. And I would say it's very common for that. Yeah. So because my, and, and even I would say people that are close to me, my board. Yeah. My mother. Yeah. They're after, they have this feeling that I have with that kind of person, they have with me. So if I am hurting, they're like, whoever hurts you. Needs to stay away from us. How do you not like set set yourself up to not bring people in? Because and, and th- by there's this, nothing that hurts more than that. Yeah, yeah. And by this, I'm not saying that my wife is not loving or right. that my mother is not loving. Right. All I'm saying is they love me so deeply right. that, you know, it's right. like your son. Whoever hurts your son, it's like, oh, you know, I would rather you have hurt me than hurt my son. Dude, there's people that I can forgive, but they ain't invited over for dinner anymore. Exactly. Right? That's what I meant. Yeah. Right. So how do you keep yourself when that happens? And and you have a larger platform, right? So people can, they can take advantage. They can come out with, they could stay stuff that, that affects you and your move and the movement that God's doing in dunamis, right? Mm-hmm. How do you keep yourself soft? to still want to take in 10 guys, 12 guys, 20 guys. I don't know. I forget what you said. It's, um, cause you want to be real. Like we had that, you had that with Kingsley. Like mm -hmm. Bob used to take a swing. Like Bob took a swing at me twice, like in (laughs) anger. Okay. So like, like, yeah, but I also like, you know, slept on, on the, at the bottom of his bed, like on the floor. Mm -hmm. Like we Mm -hmm. had, we were incredibly close. Yeah. But after getting hurt, how do you want to open up like that and be that intimate with people? Well, I, well I'll i say this. I heard somebody say uh, once um, that the same filter that would have caught uh, Judas would have caught Peter. So Oof. if you're trying to uh, keep yourself, you know, insulated from mm-hmm. Judas's, you might miss a Peter. 
right? Yeah. And so when I look at, I've never you know, heard that before. You know, I, when I look at these kids showing up, yeah. I mean, some of them do some stupid stuff, yeah. Right, but some of them you're like, gosh, bro, you're like, you're freaking anointed, bro. Yeah. You know, so it's like I'm I'm really impressed by some of them. Yeah. And so for me, it's just like you never know. And then I and, and what gives me a lot of perspective is to put myself uh, in their place. If I was the one mentoring me, I wouldn't last. I, I, I I don't know if I would have grace for the 22 year old version or 21 year old version or 20 year old version of Teo Hayashi. Really? Bro, I was. Are you harder on them than Kingsley was on you? No, Uh, I don't know. Probably it's, it was hard, bro. Okay. Today, like I go back whenever I'm in in the East coast, I I try at least. Uh, or whenever I'm in the area, I go to North Carolina. I just like I was there like uh, two months ago, and I had uh, a day between speaking engagements. I called him up. I said, "I'm flying in. Are you in town?" Because he's usually in Ghana or in yeah. America half the year each. Yeah. Oh no, I'm in town. Like, uh, what what do you what do we want to do? We want to just hang out. All right, cool. I'll just come in yeah. to hang out. Yeah. Right. We we'll go, you know, get sushi, whatever, watch boxing fights together. Well, I mean, that, that's what we did, right? Yeah. And we still do. And today we have this, this father-son relationship that is very different from the father-son relationship I had when I was 23. Yeah. When I came out, I showed up at his doorstep. And uh, I I look at my version. I mean, I would I do some stupid stuff. I love Jesus with everything. I mean, like... I'm back. I'm serving the Lord. But there were times I'm like, what were you thinking? And sometimes I have to remind myself of that when I'm talking to the young guys that I'm discipling today because I'm thinking, actually, these guys are better off than I was at their age. So it gives me a little bit more perspective. Yeah. And so I would say thinking about that, um, you know, it. and another thing too is, you always, you want to make sure, and, and that's that's the genius of Lauren Cunningham. Think about it. Every quarter, there are kids that are 18-year-olds flying across the globe to sit at the feet of the teaching of an 87-year-old man. It's incredible. How can you keep 18-year-olds coming to you? For 60 plus years. Dude, my daughter just signed up, 15. She 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 just she didn't even ask us. See? She just signed up to go out to go out there for their their week long. So thing. if you have young blood coming into your organization, yeah. you're always fresh, right? So I'm having like before. All right, so this is a, this is a cool thing th- that I yeah. that I thought about. So, so when we began doing them, is I was 27. Mm-hmm. So I uh, it's not college college age, but I mean it's close, right? You, I mean you're probably graduating with 22, 23 right. year old, a regular right. college student. So you're like four years out, maybe. Um, so you're still a byproduct of that environment, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like you're not relevant because you have this uh, relevant intentionality in you. Okay. No, no, no. You're just a byproduct of your environment. So everything you do, your friends are probably college age kids. They're young adults. They're in their twenties. Uh, you're the guys you play soccer with. Uh, the guys that you do like in Brazil, Shuhasco with. Yeah. Uh, you know the guys you go to church with. Yeah. If you play in a band or a musician, the guys that are playing with you. Right. So it's kind of like you're a byproduct. Uh, the your the youthfulness yep. is a by, byproduct of your environment. Yep. When you start hitting 30, 32, 33, you start seeing the difference. Now you're talking about a decade. Right. Yep. So now I'm I'm still 
intentional. I can still see them, right? And so I'm like, oh, that's how they dress. Okay, I'm going to dress like that. That's what they're listening to. Okay, okay, so this is the hip-hop artist that's, okay. Oh, this is the TV show they're watching. Okay, yep. this is the lingo. This is the, you know, the, the, the slang. So you, you still can reach. When you hit 40 like I did, yep. it's so far out. So far up. Now I'm having to reach out to some of these guys and say, what's happening in the college campuses? <laughs> right. Tell me. Right. Teach me. Because I can't just see it now. Now I need an intermediator to let me know and bid, build bridges. And some of these guys are going to, they tell me, this is how you got to do your social media. This is how you got to do your talk. This is how you do this illustration. Uh, this is, nobody listens to that kind of music anymore. Right. They listen to this now. Yeah. Uh, ah, ah, okay. And so when I go to like places, I don't know, like, uh, um, you know, one of my hobbies is shopping for clothes. Yeah. So I'll get a young person be like, tell me, where do I shop? Oh, you go to this store, you go to that store. This is the look. Right before it was a byproduct of who I was. Yeah, and now I'm having to reach over. So I'm thinking, the price of being irrelevant, just because the guy's young, and would do stupid stuff that you would even do worse when you were that young. Right. No, you gotta you gotta keep that channel open. It brings in relevance into the organization. It's always making you fresh. Yeah, it's 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 making you sharp. It forces you to be on the edge, constantly cutting edge. Yep. And so for me, I'd say that's why I look at Lauren and I'm thinking, wow, there's something about the grace of God in his life yeah. that's always attracting young people, always, Yeah. right? I'm having to make an effort to keep myself connected to the young generation. Yeah. This is just who he is. And so for me, one of the things that also keeps me connected to the young generation is picking up you know, kids that aren't as wise as I think they should be. Right. But then again, if I put myself in their position, they're probably wiser than I was at their age. Yeah. And But that keeps me sharp. Does so that make sense? Yeah, totally. What are some of the things you look for really quickly? Like if you're if you're going to take someone on, uh, what are some of the things you're looking for? Uh, I mean, I look for humility, teachability. Yeah. You know, teachability, humility. Fun, sense of humor. Yes. Like I want to roll with someone. Um, Self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Because you're not supposed to know what to say the right things at the right time. But if you're self-aware, right, that's huge. Um, initiative. You know, it's like you need to be willing to be helped more than I want to help you. And I, and I really want to help you. Right. Like I really want to pour into you. But if you don't have more hunger to be poured into than my, uh, you know, willingness to pour into you, it, I feel like I'm always pushing you yep. and then I become the aggressor and I don't want that. <laughs> right. Okay. I want to be, I want you to draw out of me. I would say that. And, um, I would say also for the nature of what we do, I mean, you have to really love the supernatural and you really have to love, love, uh, the word yeah. and also the nations. Yeah. Like I'm not going after Brazilians. I don't want Americans. I don't want Jap. Oh, you're Japanese. Right. Born Bro, I could care less. Where, whatever nationality, ethnicity, as long as you can think more than one culture. Yep. Because if not, I'm going to have to reduce a lot of my speed to put you up to speed with this is how Asians think. This is how Americans think. Yeah. This is how, you know, black people think. Or yeah. In America, black people in Brazil think differently. Yeah. This is how, uh, you know, Koreans think, which is not the same thing as Japanese. And because the Lord has given us grace in different cultures, yeah, 
You know, if the person doesn't have the love, and this is something I've learned with YWAM, is the love for nations. Yeah. And, 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 and allowing, I don't care how much education you have. I don't care how developed your, your, uh, your country is. Everybody gets a seat at the table. Yeah. I saw that. Like, I, I remember as a 20-year-old coming into my DTS and Lauren telling me, you are the future of missions. He, di he didn't mean myself. Right. What he meant was my demographic. I'm like, what do you mean? And then he went on. This is, this is the year 2001. He went on to say, you have to understand in missions today where, the, the, where Christianity is growing the most. It's in the global south. I'm like, what's the global south? He says, Latin America, mm -hmm. Africa, South Asia. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. And mostly Pentecostal growth. Uh, yeah. Almost entirely. Exactly. And so, and so, and so he's, he's laying it out to me. He's like, do your math. I'm like, huh? Ah. He's like, you are the future of missions. Right. And then he goes, lead me. <laughs> like, said, well, he said this to you in 2001? Bro, I was a... I, I was a DTS student. You're a teenager. Yeah, man. I was young. Yeah. And stupid. Yeah. Just came back to Jesus. Yeah. Right? So how how empowering was that? It's crazy. I'm like, what? Right? So for me, uh, you know, that ability to 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 see, you know, um, and that's what I think is is key to keep movements multi-generational is to see the you know those traits because yeah. they're going to come in very um, um, how would I say uh, infant stage these traits are, are are like very initial stages yeah and if you could just see it and be like all right now I'll create an ecosystem it'll just spring up it'll be like a greenhouse boom yeah it comes up you know yeah no it's so dude I'm just thinking of time I could sit here. And no, go let's on I'm and good. On and I'm good. On. But I, uh, we've heard a lot about the previous. Oh, can 20 I just years. say something? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. When I saw you, yeah, that's what kind of I was like. Who would allow? Because as much as right. anointed as you were, you were young, super young. Not just young. I was immature. But you were young. Yeah. I could I could see I'm like this guy's my age. Yeah. If you're not, you're forty. If not younger, you're forty 42. right now. You're forty two. And so I'm like, if not younger, I'm like. And, and they're giving him a platform. Yeah. I, so for me, and then that's also another thing about uh, culture that I think the Americans have an upper hand on the Brazilians is because there is this culture of 18-year-old, when you're 18, you're out of the house. Mm -hmm. And that's not the same in Brazil. So it forces you to make stupid decisions and learn with your mistake early on. Right. And then you kind of get in the groove of actually making mature decisions before uh, this more conservative approach of saying, oh, everything is so insulated here. Yeah. And I'm talking not everybody in Brazil. I'm talking like people that actually have the ability to provide this insulation and, and, and uh, uh, stability for their kids. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's very like, you know, hyper protected. Yeah. Because you know, even during college, it, it'd, be, it'd be normal for, especially in the big cities, uh, kids would go to college and still live with their parents. Oh yeah, no. My, my when I married my wife, she was still living with her family. I mean, she was twenty. Yeah, it's it's very la Latin yeah. of the Latin culture. Yeah, I kicked my son out at fifteen to go work in Texas over the summer. See, that's bro. I was last yesterday. I was in Washington D.C. Yeah, I was meeting with like uh, he's he's um, a church leader, but he's kind of like my big brother because mm -hmm. our church in Sao Paulo was. It, it, to a certain degree, um, 
planted by this church in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Small Pentecostal uh, church there whose senior leader was my mom's pastor. Yeah. And so they had camp, they had youth camp, whatever. And my mom would send us uh, to go do summers there. Yeah, like 14 years old. Right. Bro, I get there. It's like central PA. I mean, close to close to Mechanicsburg. I'm talking Shippensburg, bro. Yes. You know Shippensburg, right? Yes, I do. But it's like it's It's, not it's not like where I'm from, Sao Paulo, right? It's nothing like Sao Paulo. So so there we go to Shippensburg (laughs) and they say, go pick weeds. I'm like, what the heck? I'm spending my my uh summer break picking weeds. Pick weeds. Mow the lawn. Yeah. Like, I would have never gotten that Dude, opportunity. That's Amish country, yeah. It is, yeah, bro. Yeah. It's, it's Pennsylvania Dutch. Yep. And so I'm, like, having to mow the lawn, mm-hmm. to do landscaping, yeah. and, you know, all these kind of stuff that I'm, like, and so I, I met with one of the leaders there. Uh, his name is Bubba. Right? That's what I'm called. And so I'm just like, Bubba, my kids, bro, they're coming up. By the time they hit 13, 14, yeah. I'm shipping them your way, where nobody knows what a Hayashi mm-hmm. is. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to pick some weeds yeah, and cut some lawn, you know, mow some lawns because yep. this is important. Yep. You know, it, so that mentality of like very uh, uh, industrious yep. and very like independent. Yeah. I feel that too. I know t- today America is so different and there's so many cultures in America. Right. But I, I would say like, you know, the typical, you know, more rural America, mm-hmm. that kind of tradition yeah. Makes them so more independent, puts them ahead of the game. Hundred percent, dude. And you see that in ministry as well. Yeah. Even the way that they're so quick to empower young leaders yeah. to to lead churches, mm-hmm. whereas in other places, and I'll take let's say the Asian culture. Yep. Part of my culture, bro. You, I, I was talking to. Uh, I was in Korea. They were telling me, man, there is no senior leader in Korea uh, younger than forty five. Yeah. It's crazy. So there's such protocol. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, no, I've uh, yeah, it's. I hope I'm not offending thing. Pennsylvanians no, or Koreans or no, anything. Listen, I, I would take I would take somebody from Shippensburg any day over somebody from the one of the best ministry schools. True, anybody right? I mean, has if they're ethics, industrious, that has work. If ethics. they got work ethics, you can teach the skills. You can't teach the ethic. You can't teach character. And those guys have character. We have we have somebody. Uh, she's been on uh, our schools and our podcast as well. Her name's Liz. She runs our farm in Mozambique. Wow. She's one of the greatest humans I've ever met. She's one of the greatest disciplers mm-hmm. that we have. It, it, in, my, in my opinion, as a missionary in the entirety of Iris. And she grew up on a farm. Wow. And she, she actually came to our school thinking it was a farming school, harvest, because our school's harvest school. So she was like, <laughs> after two weeks, she's like, when do we learn how to plant things? And uh, she's That's one hilarious. of the most amazing, amazing people that we have. I take a farmer ethic any yeah. day yeah. over somebody that just has ministry drive and knows how to do a few mm-hmm. words of knowledge. T, next 20 years, Oh, are you going to run for president? No, never. Okay, why? Because I understood that I'm more influential outside politics Oof. than in politics. That's crazy to think about. It is. Hold on, time out. What did you just say? You just said you're more influential in the nation. I'm more influential Brazil. outside politics than inside politics. And I learned this through a pastor in Brazil. Okay. Who's very influential. His name is uh, Malafaia. Yeah. And so when I was talking to Pastor Malafaia, and he said something to me that I was like, what? He says, do you know, like today in this position, I could raise up Congress people. Mm-hmm. I could raise up 
senators. Yeah. I could disciple them. And once they're there, they're still going to look for wisdom coming from me. Yeah. Whereas if I'm there, well, one, uh, you have limits to what you're able to do. Yeah. You know, a lot of these Congress people that, that, that come with the same values that we have, yeah. it's not like they're not doing anything. It's like they can't. Right. There, there's limits to what you can do. Uh, and of course we need them there, but there's yeah. limits. It's not yeah. like uh, uh, it, it's a free for all. So he was explaining to me, it's like, and in this position, he says, I could speak to both sides. Yeah. You know? And so I feel like, um, um, not that I'm above anybody because that's not the, 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 the mentality. The mentality is if, if I will operate within the sphere of grace, Lord has given me, right. I believe that I can, uh, raise up future politicians. Yeah. So if I can raise up future politicians, um, why would I be one politician right. and then interrupt this flow? And not that the Lord can't use somebody else, but in my situation, interrupt the flow of raising up other politicians. That's brilliant, dude. Does that make sense? Totally. And you can see, I mean, I, you saw the president and I know you have, there's things you haven't told me, but just the stuff that I've seen, you know, mm -hmm. the president wanting to come to the send, you guys packed out three stadiums or two stadiums and half, mm -hmm. you know, you got, I was there when you guys were like, we, we're not going to let him come. And then he came, you know, like, and I'm sitting there going, <laughs> no, my no, buddy, no. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy just shut down the Prezi of Brazil mm -hmm. from, from coming to an event, like if 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 we would have had that conversation 15 years prior, like, hey, T, one day the president's going to want to come to an event that you're putting on. Oh, I'd be all and, over yeah, it. Yeah, you'd be like, yes, yeah. God. You'd be like, yeah, yeah. God. Let me you get know? a selfie. Yeah, and, and T, like, it was one of the most surreal yeah, moments. Yeah. Watching you navigate that and the wisdom, uh, it, it, it blew it blew my mind. It blew you know my what mind. I've what I've found out? It's like it's, it's the long-term game versus the short-term game, right? Right. And uh, the more that I study revival, and we all love revival, but uh, there's something that is not, um, you just can't, you, you, you just can't run away from the constant long-term results right. of discipling a nation through the sphere of church, education, and family. Yeah. Right? So I would say, you know, the sphere of, I'm, I'm coming from a seven sphere of, paradigm mm -hmm. right and so and of course people would say oh there's not only seven there could be more and i get it but let's say if we're talking about the seven sphere paradigm the seven mountains by yeah. the way lauren cunningham yeah for sure yeah yeah bill, oh yeah bill, what is it? bill, bill bright, bright and lauren from, from uh, yeah. crew and so i would say and lauren would actually say this the power spheres would be politics mm -hmm. and business now you could see a quick change if you take those two spheres they're quick changes, right? You put in, let's say, this is a perfect scenario. If you put it, you vote in uh, a biblical-minded uh, president and a biblical-minded Congress, you'll see changes fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you go two, three terms with that. Bro, you, you've, you've reformed a nation. Right. Now, but what are the odds of that happening, right? Now, let's say if you raise up, you know, 100, 100 uh, billionaires that are kingdom-hearted, kingdom-minded, biblical-minded, right? You'll see a lot of change quick. Now, you have to also take in consideration that business, money, mm -hmm. and politics, power, these two things are very tempting. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 
There's a lot of temptation with a lot of power. There's a lot of temptation with a lot of money. And if there's a lot of temptation, there's a high probability of corruption. Yeah. Right? Now, on the other hand, you have family, you have education, and you have church. I mean, you would think that somebody who's who's part of a church would be part of a church till they die. So that's a lifetime. If you're born in a family, you're part of that family till you die. So that's a lifetime. Yeah. Education, let's say 15 years, mm -hmm. maybe 25 years, right? So that's a good chunk of time. It's over a decade at yeah. least. Yeah. And so you have, it's it's more of a long-standing relationship with these spheres. Yeah. And there's it's very low probability of corruption. And if you see, like, at times we tend to and i think it's unconsciously we tend to not invest so much in church in family in mm -hmm. education mm -hmm. or at least lately we haven't and i'll speak of brazil or the west yeah. right and then we try to uh make up for lost time with let's vote somebody in right right or let's raise up i don't know how many josephs or whatever the joes yeah. you know whatever it is you want to call it yep. that of business people, yep. kingdom, whatever, builders or, you know, millionaires or yep. billionaires. And and and, and they're, you're trying to um, make up for the lost time and the, the lost fruit that would come with, you know, consistent sowing and reaping and sowing and reaping. Yep. And so now you're like, hey, president so-and-so, congressman so-and-so, senator so-and-so, vote in the morality that I never taught in my dinner table. Wow. Would you vote in the morality that we never taught in our schools? Oh, by the way, we never built schools. We never we stopped building universities. Yeah. So, so you, you know what I'm saying? Dude, this is no different than your long-term goal of like, I'm going to start dunamis and we're going to hit the campuses because I know in the next 15 years, those are going to be the next leaders of Brazil. Yeah. You have maintained this vision long-term, uh, like looking 10, 20, 15 years ahead yeah. to see the fruit. That, that, that you know the Lord wants to carry out in your life. It's it's incredible. Like I said, and I started off by saying, you're one of the greatest builders of our generation. And you're like, no, no I'm not. And you can't say that. And I'm humble. And like, you are very, you're actually, you, you're actually very, very humble. Um, it's not that I'm, well, yeah, maybe I'm humble, but I mean. The humility does not mean timidity. Yeah, That's yeah. What but see, what I'm saying is, is like when you're aware of where God brought you out of. Yeah. You know, it's like it, when when I'm, I think at times I'm like, I am the least probable guy. I was never a good student. Will, I was never a good student. I graduated with a 1.6 GPA. Dude, but that means nothing. N well, it, I mean, I'm not trying to cut you off, but bad, bad student. I was not, I, yeah. I, I didn't, I wasn't like, a, a, you know, flunked out of the, uh, out of school or a dropout, but right. I was never like a bright, you know, academic guy. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually like the black sheep of the family. All my all my cousins were serving the Lord. I was out there, you know, in the clubs doing crazy stuff. Uh, I didn't have a father. Yeah, our church was never met. It was never mega. Yeah. Junior and I took over the church be with maybe three hundred fifty to four hundred members. Yeah. I mean, for Brazilian standards, that's small. Yeah, right. And so um, we never, we never. There was no lack yeah. growing up, yeah. but we never came from money. Yeah, you know. And so I'm looking. I'm thinking. Wow, God, I I've never felt like I fit in. Yeah, I I never fit in with the Japanese community. Yeah, I never fit in uh, with the Brazilians. Yeah, 
when I came to America, I've always felt like I was a stranger. After spending a decade in America, I never felt like I was I would fit in back in my own country again. Yeah, you know, like once you move into other other countries, you kind of feel like you're misplaced. Totally. So it's kind of like that thing, and so I've always seen that as weakness. Mm. And then um, a few years ago, the Lord started speaking to me about this is actually your strength. Yeah. So I'm very aware that the Lord takes you know our our weakness. And his his grace is perfected yeah. on top of that. Yeah. You know, like Paul says. Yeah. You you and I were having a conversation a couple of years ago when things were kind of there was tension around race. And, yep. and and you said something to me that I never saw. I literally never saw it until you said it. You you said, Will, like, you you don't have that issue. And I know it's weird. You know, it's weird to say that. But I was like, man, I I need to be focusing on these issues and all these issues that are coming up and the younger generation screaming about. You're like, Will, you don't have to focus on that. Like, and I was like, what are you talking about? Everybody's saying it. You're like, you're cross-cultural. You married a Latina. You have mixed kids. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do. Like it. You lived in Africa. Yeah. You lived in the nations. You lived in Paraguay. You lived, you know, I was like, oh man, you know, you, yeah, dude, I know we can keep talking. Yeah. But I also know. We got to go and have some dinner, and let's, more than more eat. than shooting a podcast, <laughs> I want to I want to get some time. Let's to do hang it. Out. Yep, let's do it. Um, even what I was just saying, dude, the impact that you have had on my life, even those little moments where you, where we're just hanging out, having fun, um, they they shape me, man. And I, out of all of my friends, and I, and you're not just like a a minister. I know you're 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 a friend. At least that's how I feel. Oh, for sure. (laughs) You're a deep friend. I, and I know this might not mean anything, but one of the greatest moments of my life was standing in Motombi Stadium. Wow. Next to you, watching you come from. Yeah. Being at the first Dunamis event Mm -hmm. where like you hand built this, the Dunamis sign (laughs) out of like boxes. Yeah. And at your mom's church. Yeah. And then fast forward standing in Murumbi Stadium mm-hmm. next to you um, with Randy Clark mm-hmm. standing standing next to me. Wow. Was one of the greatest moments of my life, not because of the numbers. I mean, we, we, always, we have always stood in front of numbers, but just being a part of that moment. Um, the significance of the it. Significance has yeah. marked has marked me. And, and seeing, seeing the way that God has used you and is continuing to use you it inspires me T like it, you're, you're always on the cutting edge, man. And, uh, when I grow up, I want to be just like you, man, you, like legit, <laughs> legit, you're an inspiration. And, uh, man, I just, I'm so grateful for your life. Not just you, but your mom, your sister, your whole family, your whole team. Um, I'm so grateful for what, for what you've done and that I get to at least sit on the sidelines at times and, and watch it's, it's, it's a massive blessing, dude. And your friendship wow. means the world to me. And for all of you guys that are watching this, um, if you don't know, uh, about Dunamis, I know we just jump right in cause that's what friends do. Um, <laughs> how can they find out more information about you? Uh, you can go, what, you, what you're doing. You can go to our, uh, YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, Dunamis movement, mm-hmm. Instagram at Dunamis movement. Um, yeah, I think TikTok, Dunamis movement, Twitter, <laughs> What else is out there? All yeah, the things you have schools. You have we got uh we got schools for the, you know short term schools, long term schools. Um, yeah. Twenty years from now, where are you at? 
20 years from now. Just really quick, we'll end with this. I really want to see um, the nations, and so Dunamis expressions, Zion Church expressions in the nations. I want to see the guys that I'm raising up. Yeah. Um, married and on fire. Yeah. Oh, can I just say something real quick? You say whatever you want to. Bro, one time, I was going back to my spiritual dad. We met up in New York City. He was preaching there. I was I was there for, I don't know, for whatever reason. It just kind of, one of those things, it wasn't planned. It was like, and so I saw him. I'm like, I said, Doc, you got to, you would be proud. You got to come to Brazil. You would be proud of what God is doing there. You know, I'm kind of like tuning my horn, right? And, and in his wisdom, he's like, well, revival with single people, that's the easiest thing. I'm like, bro, I'm like, you know, you just kind of, and he's like, you call me mm. when all those young men that you're saying are on fire for Jesus get married yep. with on fire women, yep. have kids, and they have revival in their homes, yeah. then... Maybe it's revival. What a good word. What a freaking good word. Right? I'm I'm so I'm thinking like and for me that's like it, it sums it up, bro. Yeah. Cause when you're single, bro, I mean, you're just going. You're just thinking right. about yourself. You got all the time. But how do you how do you steward revival culture, mm. you know, in home in your homes? Yeah. In your family, yeah. right? And, and raising up young kids, you know, in the word and mm. keeping that revival thing. You know, so anyways, where do I see myself going back? I would like to see my spiritual sons all married mm -hmm. and live in revival in their homes. I would like to see my kids on fire for Jesus. Yeah. Right. My kids will be probably 27, 25, yeah. uh, 22 and 2020. 20. Yeah. What would it look like for them to be on fire for Jesus? Yeah. They don't need to be preachers. They don't need to be pastors or right. whatever. You know, they, they want to be an artist. Want to be an athlete, want to be, you know, a business guy, whatever, a teacher, whatever. As long as you're on fire for Jesus. Yeah. Right? So I, I, I like to see that. I'd like to see the university up and running. Yeah. Which is something that we're, we, we're really, you know, that's our next big Goliath. In Brazil? In, in Brazil and in the nations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want, man. Yeah. And so, and I would love to see, like, you know, my, my, my Brazilian side would also see, would love to see our, our country in a better place. That's awesome. Yeah, and hopefully America too, huh? How about the prophetic? Do you want to see that in a better place? I want to see the prophetic in a better place. <laughs> Dude, I do too. <laughs> no prophesying for presidents. No. If we could just keep away from that. Dude, uh, it's nuts. Uh, people are nuts. <laughs> We're going to have to edit this thing. Healthy marriage. <laughs> funky. Funky, funky, funky. We're going to have to maybe cut out some of that there. Uh, but uh, dude, you should have asked I what profit. <laughs> what profit? Come uh, on, man! You knew I, where I, I was I going. I thought you were gonna say like Lance Wallo. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else. I don't know, dude. Oh, we know so many profits. <laughs> Why did I do that? And then I just couldn't pull it up. Yeah, I was just down. It was good though. Dude, um, <laughs> we're good. Listen. Thank you for watching, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I know you enjoyed this episode. Listen, like it, share it, and send this out. We're gonna and we're gonna try to get this out in Portuguese too. Let's, unless you don't want it. No, no, it's totally fine. How are you gonna get it? Are you gonna put the Dude, subtitles? Chat, chat GPT. 
ChatGPT. <laughs> one. Actually, Dude, that's a huge no, two one. Seconds, two that's seconds. It's a huge one. Two seconds. Uh-huh. Technology. Technology. AI? Yeah. Scary, How bro. do you think it's going to affect the church? Or do you? Come on, you're always thinking ahead. I'm I just... think I think preachers are going to become curators. Okay. So they'll say stuff. It'll come back. They're going to edit. They're going to put their testimonies. It'll be easier for um, sermon prep. I, I think communication mm -hmm. will be way better than it is. Okay. People are going to have better sermons. However, AI will not be able to fabricate fellowship. Right. And I feel like it'll actually take the church to become more organic. At least I hope. Yeah. And I think that's really good. Yeah. I see I see it swinging back face to face. I think the trades are going to climb, right? Yeah. There's going to be a lot less a lot less uh, reason to pay somebody, lawyers, all those things. I think those those trades, those farmers are going to climb. I think we'll see a massive. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, yeah. Trades what about climb. the worship? Dude, I wrote. Well, did you hear about that Drake song? I just did today. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's weird. It, things are weird, man. I, we're about to see a, a major shift in globally, globally a major shift. And I'm not one of those guys. I'm not a prophet. <laughs> but uh, but I think we're going to see a major shift. I'm, I'm really interested to see how the Bro, church for Elon respond. Musk to be scared about it. Dude. Yeah. Anyways. Dude, T, I love you, man. Love you too, um, Will. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And I'm not sure what's going to be edited or edited Dude, out. There's going to be uh, <laughs> nothing. But yeah. it was such a pleasure, man. Yeah. Always, always. Let's yeah. let's eat. Let's go get some food. Awesome. Okay. See you guys. <laughs> Dude, T.